Welcome back to our series called Mission Possible. What we are doing is we are looking at the mission that Jesus gave his church to go and make disciples. And what we're doing over the next couple weeks is we are looking at why we do that, how we do it, we're looking at the sustainability of it, we are looking at how this mission gives us meaning and purpose in life, uh, and we are looking at the means by which we do it. And that's what we're going to look at for five weeks. Last week we started and we looked at the why, and it's because Jesus has authority over heaven and earth. Uh, today we're going to look at how we have got the power to make disciples. And so here's what I want to start with today. Go ahead with the next slide. 5,000. If you had to guess, what is that number? I'll give you a hint. It's not the Jesus feeding 5,000 people. But if you had to guess, what do you think that number represents? Back in January, our Divine Savior Church leaders across all five of our campuses, we have four school campuses that we call academies, and we have five churches. Our church leaders got together and we wanted to put a goal before the Lord, a big goal, and ask him to bless it. And what we said is in 10 years, across our five campuses, we want to worship 5,000 people on a weekend. 5,000 people in our churches on a weekend in 10 years. Guess what we're at right now? 950. 950. Only roughly 4,000 to go. What are we averaging right now? We're averaging about 100 on a Sunday, which means we only have 900 to go. 100 a year. Why? It's not because we want to grow Divine Savior Church. We want 5,000 people growing in their Savior Jesus, knowing eternal life through Him. We want as many people to know that message, and we're asking God to bless it. But how are we going to do it? I'll tell you how we're not going to do it. We can't just open the doors on Sunday morning and pray that it happens. Obviously, there's prayer involved, but what's it going to take? Disciples making disciples. And that's what we're going to look at today. How we have got the power, how you have got the power to make disciples. So this morning, we're going to look at, first, what is a disciple? Uh, why we want to be disciples, and then we're going to look at how. Uh, to do that, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 28. Uh, if you were with us last week, it's the exact same scripture. If you're with us next week, we're going to look at the exact same scripture. Uh, if you're here in three weeks, the last Sunday of the series, it'll be the exact same scripture. <laughs> uh, Matthew chapter 28. Maybe by the end, we'll all have it memorized, and that'd be great. Matthew chapter 28. Uh, context. Jesus died. He rose again from the dead, and then for 40 days he was on earth, appearing to his followers, appearing to his disciples. Matthew chapter 28 takes place during those 40 days when he's on earth, appearing to his disciples, and, and he told the 11 to go up to Galilee in the north, and there he would meet with, with them. And that's where Matthew chapter 28 takes place, on a mountain in Galilee, Jesus and his 11 disciples. Here's what we're told. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, 
but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So last week we looked at the why, right? Jesus says he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And we explored what that meant uh, on just the authority that Jesus has. And the authority, not just in heaven, but on earth. Jesus is the only one who can say to Stephen Aft, rise from the dead, and I will rise from the dead, because death itself listens to Jesus. He has all authority in heaven and on earth, and he's the only one. And it's for this reason, his authority, that he tells his disciples, and he tells us, therefore, go and make disciples. He says, I have all authority. No one else has it but me. Go and make disciples because of it. And so this morning, we're going to start, what is a disciple? It's your first point today. A disciple is someone who believes, follows, and shares God's word. Believes, follows, shares God's word. A disciple is someone who believes God's word. What does that mean? It means that it's not just head knowledge. I know a lot about Jesus. I know the Bible stories. But there's no faith or trust involved. That's not what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who trusts, who believes that Jesus' death, his life, death, and resurrection apply to me. It's faith that what Jesus did brings me peace with God. It's faith. Why isn't head knowledge just enough? Why isn't it just enough to know facts about Jesus? Because the Bible tells us Satan and the demons know a lot about God, but they're not going to be saved because they don't trust God. It's you need faith, trust, belief in the teachings of God's word in Jesus Christ to have peace with God. And that's what a disciple is. It's not just somebody who knows, it's someone who trusts in the word of God. A disciple believes, a disciple follows. That means we take the teaching of God's word and we shape our lives around it. We let Jesus lead us, not us lead Jesus. We follow. We take his encouragement. We take uh, the law, the gospel, all the teachings of scripture, and we apply it to our faith. And we reshape our lives and say, Jesus, you lead here. That means that we're not just a Christian on Sunday mornings, but we're a Christian even when our football team is doing poorly on Sunday afternoons. We're Christians on Monday morning when we have to wake up and go to work. We're Christians in every aspect of our life, and we let Jesus dictate how we think, how we act, how we speak, and we shape our lives to him. For far too long, the American gold standard for Christians has been go to church on Sunday morning. 
It's been a heavy emphasis on Sunday morning church. And don't get me wrong, church is very important. It's here where we gather with fellow Christians, where we're built up in God's word. But it doesn't stop there. We are Christians every hour, every minute, every second of our life, and we follow Jesus in every minute, every second of our life. We let him tell us how to act. We let his word encourage us. Are you living in worry right now? Jesus says, follow me. Here's my promise of peace. Your Father in heaven takes care of the birds of the air, the flowers of the field. He will take care of you because you're worth even more than them. Follow me. Jesus says, follow me. Not just on Sunday mornings, not just in your Bible studies. Follow me. Every aspect of your life. He says, follow me. Even when the decision is hard, even when it's going to be difficult, follow me. We can take convenient routes that lead into sin, or we can follow Jesus even when it's hard. That's what it means to follow Jesus. We make decisions based on what Jesus wants, not what I want. A disciple believes, a disciple follows, and a disciple shares God's word. We share the teachings of Jesus. We share the gospel message that Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead brings eternal life. We share it. Are you living as a disciple? Do you believe the teachings of God's word? If not, why not? Is it because you're not sure that Jesus is a a historical person? If that's the case, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message where we dug into uh, how Jesus is, even if you got rid of the New Testament, you could learn about Jesus. Over 100 biographical facts about Jesus from the New Testament can be found in outside sources from the Bible. Are you following Jesus? All of us are at different stages in our life of following Jesus. So what's your next step? Do you attend church on on a monthly basis? If so, maybe your next step is to follow Jesus and attend twice a month. Are you attending regularly? Maybe your next step is to get in a daily devotion or in a Bible group or a small group. How can you follow Jesus and take the next step? Maybe it's you're living in a lifestyle that you know is against Christianity. Maybe you're living how you want, not how God wants you to live, and maybe it's time to say, you know what, I need to stop doing that And I need to follow Jesus. Are you sharing the message of God's word? Are you living like a disciple? If not, why not? My guess is it's probably because you need a reason to follow Jesus. Uh, We don't just follow people just to follow them, right? I have to have a good reason to follow you, Jesus. I'm not just going to follow you. So what reason do we have? Last Saturday, not yesterday, the Saturday before, uh, I went to the hospital and visited a dying man. I told you about that in last week's message too. But last Saturday, I, I visited him. He was in the hospital, and I sat with him. He could barely talk. and In fact, he couldn't really make out any words because his body was shutting down. 
His organs were failing. His skin had that yellowy tint of decay. And I sat with him and brought him God's word. That man died on Wednesday. The harsh reality is that all of us are going to be in that situation someday. Not just sitting next to the death of a loved one, but being the one on our deathbed. Because if one thing's sure in this world is death, nobody has escaped it. Death takes everybody, and when you are on your deathbed, then what? Fear. Uncertainty. Desperation and despair. Because no one can save you once death comes. We can prevent it as long as possible, but no one and nothing can stop death when it's time. Except one. Jesus Christ. The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. The one who can call you back to life. The one that even though you die, you will live. The one who died himself and wasn't resuscitated, wasn't brought back to life. He rose from the dead in glory and honor. He has power over the grave because he and he alone died and rose back to life by himself, demonstrating just how much power he has. And now from his throne in heaven, he comes to you with his authoritative word and promise that says, your sins are forgiven. You're at peace with God. His word comes from his throne saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And he promises to bring us back. Though we die, he will raise us from the grave. Though we die, our soul goes to him and we live in glory and honor and happiness forever. And that's where Wayne's at right now. He's in heaven with no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, but he's filled with happiness and joy as he stands before his Savior with a perfect healed body. Scratch that. His soul is in heaven. <laughs> the resurrection of the body is coming later. <laughs> but he is standing before God in happiness without pain and joy. And it's all because of our Savior who has sole authority over the grave. This is why we follow Jesus. If you're wondering why we're disciples, it's because we've become convinced that only Jesus has sole authority over the grave, and so we follow him, we believe him, we trust him, and we share him. And so how do we do it? How do we make disciples? How are we disciples who make disciples? How are we going to hit that 5,000 number? If you're like me, the immediate knee-jerk reaction is we need all kinds of programs. We need events to invite people to. We need to have a trunk or treat. We need to have, uh, I don't know, you name it, Financial Peace University. We need all these programs to get people here. And yet, what does Jesus say? Go and make disciples by having events and programs? Go and make disciples baptizing and teaching. Go and make disciples as you bring people to the baptismal font where water is connected with the Word of God, washes over their head, and they're baptized into God's family. Preach, teach God's Word 
which is powerful and effective. It is only through the Word of God that we're going to make disciples. And that's your last point. The power isn't in us, but it's in the Word. And we've got it. Jesus told a story in Luke chapter 16 of a rich man and poor Lazarus. The rich man lived in luxury, didn't believe in God. Poor Lazarus lived at the gate of the rich man's house. And there, both of them died. Lazarus believed in God and went to heaven. The rich man didn't, and Jesus says he went to hell where he was in torment. And he looked up from hell and he sees Abraham in the story. And he, he starts talking with Abraham. And as the conversation goes on, the rich man says, Abraham, will you send Lazarus back to my brothers to warn them not to come to this place? And do you remember how Abraham responds in the story? They have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have God's word. And Lazarus says, no, you don't understand. If somebody goes, comes back from the dead, then they will believe. And Abraham says, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be convinced even if someone comes back from the dead. We can have events. We can have programs. Those are great. Somebody could come back from the dead, and that'd be great. And yet it's not what convinces people that Jesus is the Savior. It is something that's so simple. It's the Word of God that brings people to salvation. That's why Paul says in 2 Timothy, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. It is the Word of God that has power to make disciples. As we preach and teach, as we bring people the message of the law, that all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All people's relationship with God is broken, but all are justified, declared innocent, freely by His grace through Jesus Christ. It's that message that brings people salvation. It's that message that plants in their heart and God grows faith to believe and trust that Jesus is their Savior. And it's through the Word of God that shapes us to want to follow and then share the message of Jesus. So how are we going to do it? How do we do it as a church? How do you do it? As we are disciples who make disciples. As a church, obviously we worship here on Sunday morning where we hear the Word of God. We gather in connect groups that are a small group ministry that start this week in people's homes where we gather around the Word of God we talk about Scripture and apply it to our lives. We have Starting Point, which starts this week. It's a nine-week class on who God is, what He's done for us, and what He is doing for us right now. That's on Wednesdays at 7.30 on Zoom. We have Bible study after church on Sunday morning. We have DS Kids, where your kids are at right now as they are hearing the Word of God at their level. We have DS Youth which is our youth group that just started Friday night where we had 15 kids, and I couldn't believe it. Mr. Hurley had them talking about God's Word for over 45 minutes, engaged and active on a Friday night. We have the Word of God that we use to make disciples. How can you do it personally? An easy way 
Get on your social medias and share what our church posts on Instagram, on Facebook. Take the word of God into your home at dinner. Talk about your highs, your lows, and how was Jesus working in your life that day? How did you see God working? And then close with a prayer. Sit down and and read with a friend uh, the Gospel of Luke, starting in Luke chapter 1, and just talk about your takeaways. Let the word of God and the power of God's word work. Send prayers. Pray with one another. Get into the word of God because it's only through the word of God that disciples make disciples. We pass on all kinds of things to our family and friends. Let's pass on the word of God because that's how disciples make disciples because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. May God bless us as we are disciples who make disciples as we bring the word of God not only to our hearts but to others so that they may be wise for salvation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise and we thank you for your word. It's your wonderful, powerful word that is powerful and effective in our lives. Uh, we, we thank you that you have planted your word deep in our hearts and that faith has grown. And now we believe, follow, and now we want to share that message with other people uh, so that the word of God may uh, take root in their hearts and that their faith may grow, that they may follow, believe, follow, and share Jesus with others. As we put this big goal before you, this 5,000 goal, uh, it's going to take everybody. And so uh, I ask that you send your spirit, motivate all of us uh, to trust in Jesus and then share Jesus with others. We thank you for our sins forgiven. We thank you for life eternal. We thank you for peace uh, through him. We ask you to be with us and bless us as we pass on this word to the next generation and to our family and friends. In your name we pray, amen.